I haven't been watching anything. What have I watched? I did watch episode four of The Staircase. I will say that four shows what I think most likely happened. Not 100% of what I was thinking, but when I saw that, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, that's it. Yep. I think that's what happened. It seemed very, what's the word? Plausible. Plausible is the word. Yeah, that's a good word. Because I was like, realistic Mm -hmm. isn't right. What is the right word? Yeah, I think, yeah. I could see that. Uh, but where are the bloody towels? Were there bloody towels somewhere that I'm, I'm yes, aware of? Yes, there were. They were actually under her head. And oh. he said that he was like trying to make her more comfortable or something. Like that. Oh, see, I knew they didn't just come up with that, but I didn't remember that detail. So, yeah, I'm and then the, and his kids are fucking weird. I'm sorry, but he is too. And so is Patty Peterson in her automobile. So it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that his kids are fucking weird. So there you yep. go. <laughs> And I think that actor, that Dane, whatever his name is, I think he's fucking weird to be kin with. He's like the he, guy that plays. He was Green Goblin. Uh, he was Green Goblin in the Spider-Man. Not Todd, movie. but what's the other one? Not Clayton. Is it Clayton? Clay. Clay. Yeah. yeah Clayton. Yeah. 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 The older yep. one. The older one. He's creepy. Sorry, actor dude. I just you just have a creepy face. <laughs> and he's played a lot of creepers, so he's leaned hard into that creepy face. Anyway. Hey, you got to work with what you got. You exactly. Know? I mean, I could be a horror movie villain right now with my bloody eyes. So I'm going <laughs> to yes, lean could. into that really hard. It's so scary. It's Are so you going weird. to the doctor? I don't know. When do I have time? I mean, according to my Google machine, it's really okay. And it is not that uncommon. But I don't want you to die. And then you're, you'll are you be up there being like, she freaking told me there was nothing She said to it was un- not uncommon. She uh. said Google said I was fine and look at me now. We didn't even look at WebMemD to see what cancer I'm dying of. So there you oh, go. Oh, I know. Oh, what have I been watching? Was that all you've been watching? Just that? Yeah. Okay. I've been sick. Yeah. I have gone immediately to bed as soon as my foot has hit the doorstep of my house. See, I've been lazy and I spent a lot of time on my couch on Saturdays just catching up from all the bullshit. So my little teenage heart is so happy. Kids in the Hall has been received a reboot, I guess. I don't know. And it's on Amazon Prime. This was like one of my favorite shows when I was in high school. It's pretty good. I think if you weren't a fan of the original, then this would mean nothing to you. So like my, I tried to show it to my kids and they're like, this is dumb. But I was like, this is amazing. You have no idea. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched the George Carlin documentary on HBO Max. That was pretty good. The one that received a solid A from my entire household was Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the new movie on Disney+. Plus. It's got Adam Sandberg and John Mulaney voices in it, plus a bunch of other really big stars. It is hilarious. It's totally tongue-in-cheek. Uh, It's 90s and 2000s nostalgia. It's making fun of every animation style there is. It's great fun. I mean, my youngest has never seen Rescue Rangers, and he laughed really hard. My oldest may have seen it, but didn't have a real good knowledge of it. But he laughed at all the animation references. I laughed at all the other stuff. So that was really good. Uh, I think that's it. I did... (laughs) I finished out that candy documentary that, not a documentary, oh. whatever it is, the show on Hulu about the, about the murderer lady. And I had to mention, if anything, watch the first few minutes of the first episode where Pablo Schreiber, who's like 18 feet tall, gets into a Datsun pickup truck <laughs> and folds his giant mantis body into the weirdest shape possible to get inside this truck. I laughed. Like a loon for a really long time. It's something so stupid. 
But just watch it for that because the rest is all right. But that moment right there killed me. And you're welcome. Oh, and I watched a bunch of old 2020s. Not old. Like, within the last year, 2020s on Hulu. freaking love 2020. I know. And they have another show out called Whose Side Are You On? And they tell, like, of of a case and they tell it from two different perspectives. Like, one was a husband and a wife. Um, The most recent one is that Celeste Beard, who I am fascinated by that case. That's the one where the woman married a rich older man and then her lesbian lover that she met in the loony bin shot and killed him. And then she's like, went on and she's like, oh, no, she was obsessed with me. I wasn't, we weren't lovers. We were just friends and she was obsessed with me. But you get it from her version of events and then from her twin daughter's versions of events, which is pretty interesting. So I have literally never heard. Really? It's really, it's been, I mean, it's been covered on like everything. It was like a huge story. For, I don't know. You probably know it if you looked it up. You probably know what it is. Maybe. Anyways. Anyways. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to That So Original Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm here with Tiffany. Hello, Tiffany. And it's another early morning recording. What is this life? What? And we are talking about Pieces of Her, episode five. I will say this is not an Andy heavy episode, so it was But it's I... got enough just to be annoying. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, it's true. Here we go. We're opening with Andy. She's in this huge canopy bed with these sheer white curtains coming down. She's got the fanciest button-up pajamas you've ever seen. And I guess we are to assume that this is Jasper's mansion because there is a voiceover of a woman saying, so instead of doing your job, you take Andrea Oliver to her long lost uncle. And I was like, thank you. That's kind of what we said. Like that felt like it was not really part of the plan. But anyway, he's like, and we, when I say he, this is Jack slash Michael. I think Michael. I refer to him as both. To, like, throughout my notes, so. I just keep calling him Jack. I must have to try to start calling him. I'm going to call him Vargas. (laughs) Vargas is like, well, I think she knows more than she's saying. And I thought if I took her to see Queller, she would open up about her mother's past. How? How does that make sense? How do those two connect at all? She obviously knows absolutely nothing. So. Yeah. This is so stupid. In what universe does that make sense is what is in my notes. This U.S. Marshal lady isn't buying what he's selling. And she's like, okay. There's something you're not telling me. He's like, no, no, there's absolutely nothing I am not telling you. She tells him that Laura Oliver signed out of the program yesterday. So she and Andy are out. Our work here is done. Bing, bang, boom. Let's go home. Finish your report before you head back to Atlanta. So he's sitting at his desk typing when he hears a phone vibrating. It's not his phone. What phone could it be? Oh, wait, it is Andy's phone. He answers it, of course, and it's Laura. He tells her who he is, and she's like, why do you have Andrea's phone? And he says, well, she left it with me, which is not exactly how it went down, but whatever. He tells her that she's with Jasper. And Laura's like, well, fuck me running. This is not good. She says, so she just left all of her things. And I said, he didn't say anything about things that she left, but they had to set him up Mm -hmm. to ask what things. She doesn't answer. She just hangs up. Good talk. For some reason, this phone call has inspired him to embark on a one-man mission. Because he deletes the report he's been working on. He packs up his laptop and Andy's suitcase of found me money and pieces out of the U.S. Marshal's office. He throws his jacket over that suitcase in the most awkward way. And like, this isn't suspicious at all. I'm walking out. His eyes are cutting back and forth like no one will notice me. No one will notice this suitcase shaped thing under my jacket. And it's bright blue. Just shut up. This guy's the worst. He needs to be fired. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> I did have when she the lady's like, did anything happen you're not telling me about? He's like, well, we made out. She attempted to climb a fence. It was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in the official report. <laughs> so Andy is living this Disney princess life. She is all for it. <laughs> And the housekeeper knocks on her door, and she's like, um, Jasper has to leave, but breakfast is ready in the dining room. And Andy's like, okay, this is awesome. Thank you for the clothes. And the lady's like, yeah, see you, bye. So she starts walking out, goes downstairs in her fancy new clothes. And I was like, this girl hasn't changed her underwear in, like, four days. So she's living this life. They gave her a necklace and converse. Like, yeah, the, like I bet they gave her underwear, too. I mean, this is a complete outfit. I know. I mean, she went to Target like 14 times, and I doubt she bought underwear anymore. She just bought Pringles. <laughs> like, if you know, she bought a lot of Pringles. Uh, no judgment. I love Pringles, too. So uh, piano music is playing as the backdrop as Andy is poking around this house. And she finds all these family pictures neatly lined up on top of a piano. And Jasper comes over and asks her if she plays. And I was like, didn't she just say he had gone? Like, that he was leaving or something? <laughs> right. So he comes over, he's like, do you play? And she says, No. And he says, I get it. It must be intimidating knowing your mother had that kind of talent. And Andy's like, what? My mom played the piano? I said Andy's head does the confused dog tilt thing. She's like, huh? Hmm? So Jasper says, yeah, we, we have tons of movies of her playing. My father recorded her all the time. Let's go look around the giant grounds of this house. And he's like, so this is, is this like where you grew up? She's like, no, Belle Isle is smaller, shittier and has alligators. I'm like, I'm sorry. Your house was gorgeous. It was right on the water. You were not living in that shed that keeps popping up. Calm down. I was like, wow, I hate for you to see my house, you dumb bitch. Anyways, (laughs) Annie asks, like, what was my mom like when she was younger? And he says, serious, a perfectionist, very private. And I was like, okay, meaning you, she didn't want to tell you anything because you're stupid. Right, because you're weird and creepy. And so then Andy cuts right to the chase. She's like, do you know Palakunda? Because I can't let that go. You know, I can't, <laughs> that one name. And Jess was like, oh yeah, sure, Paula. She was in the Army of the Changing World and she hung out with Nick Harp a lot. Andy wants to know, how did my mom know her? Jess says, wow, she really kept you in the dark. My brother met Nick at Stanford. They were going to change the world. They were going to change... Oh, I've got, they were going to change the world and they were going to change the world. So they were going to change the world. <laughs> they were going to change that fucking world. And then Oslo happened. This is Andy like, what? He killed your father? I was like, you read all the freaking Googles, you dumb dumb. He says, no, he gave the gun to a woman who did. She's dead and he's still out there. And Andy goes, oh, so he's the reason she went into protection. He's like, I don't know about that. After Andrew died, she disappeared. And she's like, well, how did Andrew die? He's like, I don't know, but he was with Nick when it happened. And I was like, I don't believe you. Don't believe this at all. And this is where Andy's like, my mom has been living with us all these years. And I was like, it's really not even that bad, honestly. Like, I've seen people go through a lot worse. Like, okay, your dad was shot on stage. Your brother died mysteriously. I don't think that's ruined her whole life. And Jasper says, well... You're a queller, and this is your home, or I don't know, whatever. You're safe here. This is your home. Yeah, that's You're what he said. Okay. Whoa. What was I going to say? One other thing. I, I had in my notes that Jasper asked if she plays, and she says, not even chopsticks. And I was like, which reminds me of the joke we made in the last episode, but I ended up cutting it out. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so Andy goes inside, and she starts watching news reports. She had a laptop on Martin Queller, including the footage from Oslo. A news reporter, like an anchor, is saying that the army of the changing world, they took this professor captive 
and sent Grace Juno in her place to Oslo. Juno's husband, Robert, shot his three children and then himself the year before after being prescribed massive doses of Haldol. And they blame Martin Queller for it because, you know, his company makes Haldol, however you say it. So I'm like, it's kind of a reach, but okay. Yeah, it is. So they show, like, back on the stage in Oslo, and Grace dresses as, oh, I can't, what words? Professor. Alex Maple Croft. Yeah, Professor Maple Croft is saying to Martin, you remember Robert Juno? He goes, oh, yeah, so tragic. He was a construction worker. And she says, no, he was an engineer, and he had a brain injury. He was pumped full of your company's drugs, and he killed himself and hurt our children. She's like, I wrote, and I called. And this is when Queller's like, oh, this isn't Maple Croft, and demands that this woman leave the stage. And Juno, this Juno, Grace Juno stands up and yells, not one more, not one more, and shoots Queller twice and then shoots herself. And then Andy watches as, like, young Laura Jane comes to her father's aid. Like, she just goes and grabs his head. And she doesn't look happy about it. She's like, I'm going to get blood on my dress. I don't want to deal with this uh, today. Is this what I'm supposed to do to look innocent? Yeah. So, anywho. So, we're at a bar, question mark, with Gordon. Laura walks in with this huge manila folder. She sits at the bar bar, and Gordon stands up and goes over to her. He asks if he can buy her a drink. She's like, I know it was you who called the marshals. He says he was hoping Charlie would take them someplace safe. She's like, nope, I'm out, baby. No more wit pro. I'll be fine. He's like, okay, but what about Andy? And she says, oh, I'm going to see her. She's with my brother in San Francisco. She's super safe. He's like, well, wait a minute. Come again? You have a brother in San Francisco? And she's like, yep, I am a Pandora's box of secrets. Anyway, since we're here, can you draw up a will for me with my real name? And he says, well, I would, but I don't know who you are. She slides the envelope over to him and says, it's all in here. Everything you need to know. So can you do it like now? Like now, now? I need to know Andy is taken care of. He asks Laura what she's so scared of. She says, actually, it's Jane. And he's like, okay, Jane, nice to meet you. So exactly what are you scared of? And she's like, oh, no time to talk. I've got a plane to catch. Thank you for everything. She gives him a kiss on the cheek and leaves. I was like, bye. I gotta go. Bye. Thanks for the will. So we are at a dinner with the Queller gang. This is in the past before the patriarch was offed. He's talking about how this drug, this Haldol, can make a killing in the States. Jasper says maybe they should do a study first. And Martin's like, maybe you should try shutting your mouth, Jasper. <laughs> they make a little small talk around the table. This is the dinner that we saw in Andrew's monologue about Laura is going to love Nick. He's a real charmer, that Nick. Wow. Laura tells Andrew she wants him to come home more often. He's like, why? You're always on tour. Martin says, by the way, since we're talking about tours, you've been invited to play somewhere. I think it's for the president. I don't know. It's very important. Andrew says, I'd rather slit my wrists. And Jasper says, again. So this is fun. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is this family's They're super cool. functional family. Martin is espousing the virtues of Ronald Reagan while Nick makes googly eyes at Laura. He is so creepy. I'm sorry. This actor in this role, super creepy. Okay. I realized this during this watch that Nick is Gendry Baratheon from Game of Thrones. And I went, oh my God, he finally got off the goddamn boat. So Game of Thrones fans, you know what I'm talking about. They sent him off in a rowboat and he disappeared. And this is him. He was really cute on Game of Thrones. He looks gross in here. So anyways. 
I think it's the hair. And, yeah, the hair, and, the, and he didn't have that. He had a shaved head, and yeah. and yeah. So, mm-hmm. anywho's, I'll have to look him up to reassess my opinion of his creep factor. Anyway, Andrew is pissed that Reagan is ignoring the AIDS crisis. Jasper thinks it's great. Jasper's trash. Martin asks Nick about his major. He says he's in the graduate program for economics. And then Martin wants to know what his father does. And he says, well, mostly throw back beers and beat my mom. But thanks for asking. (laughs) But it was good because it taught me if I wanted a future, I had to make it on my own. Martin thinks this trauma response is great. And he is so sad that his kids are silver spoon fed assholes. The end. I mean, he's been beating his kids for years. And they haven't learned how to do shit except play the piano. Exactly. And be annoying. God. So, God, he's not doing it right. <laughs> so, this is so dumb. This this is this creeped me out. Jane is playing the piano like like she hates her life. She's playing this song <laughs> and like, uh, when Nick comes in to listen, drink in hand, and I was like, how old is he? But anyways, so know. she sees him and she stops and he says, please go on. And then he puts his drink on her piano with no coaster. And I was like, wow, who raised you? <laughs> All right. A drunk and a oh, wife yeah. beater. And there's just conveniently a bunch of little notebooks sitting on his piano. And Nick picks them mm-hmm. up because he's a nosy Nelly and says, what are these? And she says, they're my father's notes on my performances, all my mistakes. And Nick's like undeterred. He's like, wow, that was some family dinner. And she's like, oh, you caught us on a good night. And he's like, wow, we were both raised by wolves. And I was like, mm, shut up. He comes and sits down uncomfortably close to her and is so creeping mm-hmm. me out. And then they talk about their moms and how Jane's is dead. And she looks absolutely terrified that he's sitting there. Like, she won't even, like, look at him. She's, like, staring straight ahead. And then she says, well, sometimes I feel like my mom is with me when I play. He says, that must be lonely, playing for a ghost. And then he gets up and leaves. And I was like, well, you could have listened. It would have been a little less lonely. (laughs) Dick. And then she starts playing again. But now it's all sexual. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Okay. Later that night, Jane is in bed, just staring at her ceiling when she hears something. So she gets out of bed, and she goes and looks out the window, and Nick is swimming in the family pool naked. And I was like, wow, way to take lenience (laughs) with their people's house, all right? He just stares at her, and she stares back, and then adult Jane is driving, and honestly a little turned on by this memory, and it's so (laughs) gross. (laughs) I said, back with Andy, do we have to be? I know. So... Andy is, I don't know, hanging out in the house, and she sees Jasper and his assistant talking, and they're talking about Jane, and Jasper's like, I know my sister, and I know what she wants, and then the assistant's asking, how long is Andy going to be here, because personally, we all think she's super annoying. Uh, (laughs) So this maid comes in and tells Andy that they found the tapes of her mother playing the piano. So she leads her to this tiny room. Filled with junk and an old TV. And I was like, this giant house, they didn't have like a theater they could have put her in. They couldn't have brought that TV into her room. But whatever. And I'm like, what's with the secret keeping housekeeper watching her all creepily? Like this, the main housekeeper lady is just watching her from the shadows. So, I mean, this room is so shitty that Andy has to sit on the floor and watch the tapes. I mean, she didn't even have a chair. So the first tape is a really shitty old tape of a very young Jane. She immediately pops that out because that's not interesting. So she pays, puts in another one, and it's maybe Jane when she's nine. She's like, nope, still not what I want. And then she puts one in, and this is a is teen Jane playing, like, at a big uh, concert hall. 
And she just can't believe that her mom had talent because all she ever saw her do was make casseroles and like kill people's knives. And it's just not impressive. (laughs) And then there's another one of a big symphony performance. And then the creepy housekeeper comes in to watch behind Andy and Andy is crying. And Andy says, if you could do that, why would you ever do anything else? Why would you stop? And I was like, witness protection, you dumb bitch. That's how it works. And, And then the housekeeper says, I found one more tape and hands it to her. And I was like, oh, okay. So we have a quick flashback. Andy is apparently a teen because you can tell this because she has green tips to her hair and a lot of black eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And they are fighting because Andy wants to go to art school because she's an artist. Gosh darn it. And Laura says San Francisco is too far away and it's too expensive. And also really close to my family that I'm trying to escape. So no. <laughs> and she's like, and having talent is only part of it. You need drive and focus. And Andy, we know that you have no focus. You're like squirrel all the time. And this is when Andy shoots back, what the fuck would you know about being an artist when you have ever tried to express yourself? And then it's so like, we know that Andy's like, oh, wow, my mom was way cooler than me at everything. I suck. I said, God, I wish Andy would just stop talking forever. And uh, I like Laura's like, uh, you'll have to get a job and study. Do you really think you can do two things at once, honey? Come on. <laughs> So we hear an audience cheering, and then Laura, young Laura, is walking out of the back door of whatever venue this is. Nick is waiting in this back alley or whatever and asks her if she wants a ride. He tells her she was amazing. And I was like, he looks twice her age. I just want to say that. Anyway, then he psychoanalyzes her because he's talked to her for like three minutes total, and he says, you don't have to do this alone. Her ride pulls up, and she's like, cool, cool. I gotta go. She walks towards the car, but changes her mind and goes back to him and says, take me somewhere. So now they're at a club with people wearing costumes. Okay. It's a and punk club. Dancing. It's just a punk yeah. club. And she's they're, in a fancy people dress. People wearing costumes. Mm. And she reaches into his pocket. She takes out this vial and they drop some acid. And then they're making out on the dance floor. Good times. Back at the Queller Mansion, Andy still watching tapes. I hope she's being kind and rewinding, but I don't think she's that she popping is. in this last tape, which is so inappropriate that the housekeeper had it. But okay. Uh huh. So this is yeah, this is the tape that the housekeeper walked in, Miss Barfield. It is a video of Nick filming Laura. It's basically a video of them flirting with each other. Laura eventually grabs the camera, and now she's filming Nick, and he's shirtless. He's talking about how he wants a ban on ballistic missiles. He wants to impeach the president, and he wants to fuck her on that bed. She says, but Jasper's downstairs, and he says, oh, what? He knows about us. And then the tape ends, and it's like, and then it's back to Laura playing the piano. Like, obviously, that part was taped over one of these performance tapes. Ew. I think Andy does an audible ew, which I was like, this is the only time I can relate with you. (laughs) Yes. She's like, ugh, gross. (sighs) Michael slash Jack, I don't know what his name is, is sitting in a hotel with Jane's witness files pulled up, and he's going through the suitcase of money while wearing gloves, and he's counting all the bills. And he counts $522,000. And I was like, "That is that before or after Andy stole money out of there? Like, how much money was there originally? Mm-hmm. Because the bitch was, like, handing money out like it was candy. Yep. His phone rings, and it says unknown. And so he answered it. He's like, hello. And she says, it's Andy. No, I don't want to tell you about, like, where I am or why I ditched you or any of that stuff. Do you know about Nick Harp? And she's like, my mom knew him. And um, I was like, this girl, like... She is so obsessed. And he says, I can't talk about it on the phone, but I can be there in the morning. 
And she's like, every time I get closer to knowing her, she slips away. And I was like, why don't you talk to her instead of going full Nancy Drew, you freaking idiot. Mm -hmm. And whatever his name is, says he wants to meet her at noon the next day at Pier 28. So he packs the money back into his suitcase and Andy looks out the window and she can see her uncle smoking by the pool. So she grabs his book and goes downstairs. And she walks up to him. She's like, I know I turned up at the worst possible moment. <laughs> but um, <laughs> always. always. <laughs> I hear that a lot. She's like, where do I fit into all of this? It's like the flying monkeys carried off my childhood. And I was like, who wrote this shit? <laughs> it's so dumb. And he's like, don't be too hard on your mom. When I walk into any room, I'm the guy whose father was shot on stage. And I, I'm like, okay, that's a weird thing to be hanging your hat on. And she's like, were you there? And he's like, no. I was about buying Christmas presents. And when I came back to the house, the feds were in the driveway. I thought it was an audit. And I thought, if I screw it up, my dad will kill me. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so sad. And he says, can I show you something? And she pulls out a picture, that picture of her dad. And she asks if Jasper ever met him. And he's like, nope, never seen him before. And she says, well, my mom said he died when I was two. And, oh, and by the way, was Nick around much before Oslo? And Jasper says, no, Andrew brought him to a dinner once or something. And she's like, so she wasn't part of this. And he goes, no, he was a monster. Jane had nothing to do with him. And I was like, you're a liar without a hair dryer. Shut up. So cut to young Laura and Andrew standing in the street. She says, dad knows about me and Nick. You know, Martin, he doesn't share. He's funny about me. Andrew says he understands about sharing because apparently he and Nick were a thing before Laura and Nick were a thing. So they're in the street and a van pulls up. It's Nick and the shaved hair lady. It's young Paula, PTW. Laura and Andrew get in the van and they're driving to wherever. Laura says, I don't think I can do this. They're going to a research laboratory. When they stop, it's all of a sudden nighttime. And Nick opens up the back and Laura gets out with him. He hands her a flashlight and a nickel. I was like, I don't know. Because he was flipping it on his fingers. Yeah, he was doing that but little the, finger the thing. But the nickel where... had the letters ACW scratched into it. And I don't know what that means. Army of the Changing World. Oh, <laughs> stupid. Boom. So he tells her, if you see a car, flash this three times. I'll be right back. He gets back in the van and the van pulls off and she walks over and stands by a fence. The next day, Martin is in his office listening to a news report about a bombing at the Liverpool Research Laboratory. The newscaster says the group claiming responsibility is calling themselves the Army of the Changing World. Jane walks in to give him his tea or whatever this is, and he's also reading a paper, there's a lot of information in this one section, that talks about the Robert Juno guy and how his wife blames Martin Queller. He asks her where she was last night. She says she drove down to see Andrew. He says, Andrew or Nick? She says, you don't need to worry about me, which is a non-answer if I ever heard one. Then they start talking about a performance he wants her to play at in the spring. I think it's for his birthday. So Andy is sitting on her bed holding that sex tape. And when she decides she's going to get up and go one door down and knock on the door of that housekeeper Barfield and ask to talk. I was like, why is Andy staying in the servants' quarters? Like... This makes no sense. I mean, I get it, but it makes no sense. Yeah. (laughs) And then she's like, randomly hears someone say, rewind that part again. And she can hear her own voice talking to Michael slash Jack because they recorded her call. So these security guys are like a foot away from her room, 
playing her phone calls back very loudly with the door wide open. So she sees the security guy going over the tape, and so they know where she plans to meet. So she goes back to her room, and she grabs her ugly jacket and her stupid little bag, and she runs out the door. And the security guys, because they're watching the cameras, watch her leave, and they're like, it's cool, we know where she's going. She's really very stupid. Um, (laughs) So Martin is playing pool with Nick, or I don't know, Martin is playing pool and Nick is standing there. It's unclear. Yeah. (laughs) And he says, so... uh, I thought you were from, Martin says to Nick, I thought you were from Detroit. And Nick says, yeah, Hazel Park. And he's like, and your dad worked in a factory. And he's like, yep. And he's like, well, you left out the most interesting part. Uh, Nick Harp is dead. He died four years ago after an overdose. Who are you? What did you think would happen that you waltzed out of here with my daughter and her trust fund? And this one, Nick says, I'm very serious about Jane. That may come as a surprise to you. And Martin's like, not really. Why wouldn't we all want to go for a queller? And this one, Nick calls him a gangster. Everything you own has blood on it. And he stomps off and Jane starts to follow him. And she goes outside and she tells him he was just being protective. Is it true what he said? And so Nick, once again, does not answer. And he says, you should have my back. It's easy, Jane. Just choose me or your father. And Jane's like, that's not fair. And he's like, you could live on your own terms. Leave now or never see me again. And he storms off and she stays because <laughs> what does he have to offer? Honestly, because... Acid. Yes, I mean, it's probably not even good acid. It's probably not. So, Andy shows up at the pier, and then Vargas shows up, and, okay, you know that people know Mm -hmm. that you're going to meet here. Fucking leave. Be like, okay, hi, I am so happy to see you. Let's go. But they don't do that, because... That doesn't further the storyline at all. He asks if she's okay. She says, no. I think Nick Harp is my father. I saw this nasty sex video he and my mom were together like together together jasper lied to my face and told me they didn't even know each other there's security all over they listened to our phone call (gasps) and jack says he thinks jasper has a contact in wipro that's feeding him information he thinks jasper sent that guy into the motel that night and she's like to kill me and he's like no stupid to get the suitcase i think that money is evidence (laughs) And your uncle wants it. Just then, this lady jogger bumps into him while she's running. And then she's like, oh, my bad. And she keeps going. And Vargas says they should get out of there. Yeah. Like, you should have done that Mm -hmm. 10 minutes ago, 5 minutes ago, whatever. And as he's talking, he starts to space out. And then he falls to the ground. Andy starts yelling for someone to call 911. He passes out and she starts doing the absolute worst cpr i have ever she was ever a 911 seen. dispatcher i know get your shit together at least make an effort put your whole entire weight into it you got to get that chest down two inches anyway so the paramedics come in three seconds because they were just right down the street having a hot talk and take vargas away She's really lucky with, like, I mean, the guards came really quick. Like, people come very quickly for her. I think she has just people following her going, like, this person is a train wreck. We need to keep yes. somebody close She's by all the time. She's going to need help at any moment. Yep. Well, it's so stupid. He said that he left his car at the hotel and took several cabs to meet her at the location where he. she already told him they know where I'm at. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> people. I was like, this is why he needs to be fired and she needs to be dead. Mm -hmm. So Jane is at an airport. We can tell this because we can hear airport noises. (laughs) And we don't see anything else that shows it's an airport other than airport noises. And she dials a number and the housekeeper answers, Queller Residence, Ms. Barfield speaking. 
And Jane says, can I speak to Andrea? And she says, well, who is this? She says, this is her mother. And Barfield says, well, I'm sorry, she's left. And Jane says, well, I want to know, where did she go? Well, I couldn't say. Is everything okay? You know better than I. I mean, this is like, this is like Dr. Seuss. And Jane, <laughs> Jane says, please tell her to call me if she comes back. Oh, by the way, it's good to hear your voice again. And Barfield says, you have a beautiful daughter. I'm so glad to meet her. Too bad she's kind of a pill. See you later. Bye. Mm-hmm. And Jane's like, thanks. I understand. Flashback to young Jane getting dressed for her father's party by a young Barfield who was not the, like the head housekeeper then. She was like a lady's maid. And um, Jane says, I hate dad's parties and mom hated them too. She'd like Nick though. I just know it. I miss him all the time. And Barfield's like, that's all over now. Let's not talk about that. She starts to leave and she starts to walk down the stairs and her dad comes up and meets her and puts this giant gold necklace, also known as a chain collar, around her neck. And I was like, okay, we see what you're doing here, writers. We get it. And Jane says, this was mom's. And he says, yeah, um, since you're less distracted, a.k.a. uh, Nick is gone, we can add more dates to your tour, London, Geneva, and spend the summer together. And Jane's like, I have social work in Berlin until July. He's like, it'll be fun. We don't need anyone else. You can just skip that. Nobody cares. So Jane goes down into the party while Martin watches. And then she goes to the piano to play. And she plays angrily. Like, there is no denying. She is pissed. And Martin and Jasper kind of make faces like, this is not what we agreed on. (laughs) And she gets done. And Martin hugs her and says, this is all I want. Nights like this. So then Jane stomps out and goes outside and slams her hand in the car door. And I was like, oh, the same hand uh-huh. she got the knife through where she said she had an old injury. So it didn't really hurt. Mm-hmm. So she then she goes to, she has a Nick's house and with a cast in her hand. And he opens the door and she's crying. And then they have an extremely long, awkward sex scene for some reason. Don't get it. Oh, my God. I said they're doing it and the scene goes on way too Wait, long. Wait, I was like, I fast forwarded. <laughs> then... <laughs> The next morning, she wakes up, and she's wearing a Stanford t-shirt because Nick totally looks like the type that would buy a Stanford (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. And she gets up, still wearing only the t-shirt, and walks out of the room, and Nick is holding, like, this forum with all these, yeah, these, like, 40 people in this room, and she comes walking out just in a t-shirt. Everyone's looking at her like she's crazy, including her brother, Andrew, And this is when Nick says, hey, Jane, this is Grace Juno. I asked her to come by and tell us her story. Um, Her family is dead. The man responsible is your father. So then Andrew looks at Jane and Nick says, we could use your help. And I was like, what is her help? Like, what help could she be? So that ends there. My thoughts. Andy is Jasper or Martin's kid because this family screams incest. I, I know it. I just know it. And that's why she went into witness protections to get away from them. There's also, I also kind of think that Jasper helped Nick set up his dad because he wanted the business and his dad was a piece of shit. And then, I don't know. I don't know. But I think, that, I don't yeah. think that that kid is Nick's. I don't think Andy is Nick's. I think if anybody is a incest child, it's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah. It's the end of episode five. Yay. We're going to be done with this soon. Oh, thank God. Hurrah. 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 All right. I don't know. If you want to tell us what's on your old home VHS movies. Hopefully not your parents' sex tape because that's weird. No, gross. 
There's one of me and my cousin just running laps around the townhouse that I used to live in. In fact, that's the only one that I remember ever having. And I don't know where that would be. But yeah, that's my old movie. Just me, like 10 years old, running. Not doing that anymore. We got a video camera like when my sister was in high school. She went to be a senior. And my dad took it. It was like one of the huge big ones, like like mm-hmm. television camera ones. So it was this. And she, my dad took it to a parade that my sister was marching in. And he was running to keep up with the parade. And he didn't realize the camera was on. So he's running with it in his hand. So you see sky, ground, sky, ground, sky, ground. <laughs> and it made you sick. <laughs> it was awful. We had that one. I think that's the only one I really remember. I don't think he ever taped anything after that. That's great. I love it. All right. Well, if you have anything interesting on your VHS tapes, home videos, you can let us know. Or you can just let us know anything. You can let us know what you want us to do after this stupid show is over. Because that would be that would be. I mean, if we could think game. about something, we could add something to look forward to. That would be something. Yes. This yeah. show is Give us a light dumb. at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. All right. And you could do that. In many, many different places like where, Tiffany? You can send us an email at that's so original podcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at that's so original podcast.com. You can go check out our amazing memes and fun stuff at Facebook and Instagram at that's so original podcast. You can go to Twitter at that's so pod. Yes, we're on Twitter. Go check us out. We're fun. Yeah. Like us and review us on iTunes. Go to Stitcher and Spotify and follow us and do all the fun things that I don't know how to do there because I don't have either one of those. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. But um, talk to us because right now we're just talking to air and it's weird. Like, we mm-hmm. want to know you that somebody's out there. Is anybody out there? Anyone alive out there? Yeah. Come let us know. I know. Tell us your opinions on Gendry Baratheon. Is he cute or not? Are you happy that he's off the boat and he's on this show? Because I don't think he is. I don't think he's happy that he's off the boat and he's on this stupid show. He could have done better. Or are you like me and you didn't watch Game of Thrones and you have no idea what Tiffany is talking about? Hit me up. We love some Gendry. If you're Game of Thrones fans, you love some Gendry. You like him. He's a good dude. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be talking about pieces of her episode six. Bye. Hey. Hopefully the pieces Bye. of her are getting smaller.